Welcome to Faith and, Be- Faith and Beliefs Refuted, episode 33. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. I'd like to share a lesson with you that I just learned. Do not eat a Giardelli's uh, dark chocolate and sea salt caramel uh, candy right before doing a video because I feel like I have a cat with peanut butter on the roof of my mouth. It is... Uh, it's a little hard to talk, so sorry, I apologize, but it is what it is, and the show must go on, so here we go. We are back for episode 33, and it is a mm, kind of controversial uh, episode, actually, it's probably the, uh, no, I wouldn't say it's the most controversial, but it's pretty pretty high up there. This is the polygamy episode, as David puts it as he starts off his video. So, we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump into it. We're going to let David go, and um, as usual, we will stop and address things as they need to be addressed. So, here we go. Alright, polygamy episode. Between roughly 1833 until its formal end in 1890, some members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints practiced polygamy, one husband having multiple wives. It's a controversial subject, and I'm really not going to defend it much. Polygamy is unfair to women. I don't like it. Anybody who practices it today is excommunicated from the Church. It's not a thing anymore. But why, then, was it a thing? What do we do with this chunk of unappetizing history? Let's dive in. So this is where he's going to start defending it. There are generally two extremes when it comes to reactions about polygamy. On one extreme, you have the people that think, yes, God commanded Joseph Smith to practice polygamy, and he implemented it among the saints perfectly. On the other side is, Joseph was a fraud and just wanted to sleep around. I personally think God did command it. I don't think Joseph was just a creep, but I also think Joseph made plenty of mistakes trying to implement plural marriage. Now, while there are a lot of... But how? If God commanded it, God laid it out in Doctrine and Covenants 132, I believe. Um, how, how were mistakes made? This Again, how do you function as a prophet of God when God tells you to do something and then you goof it. Sounds like something is amiss. That's eh, just my opinion. Questions we can't answer. Let's take a look at some of the facts and see what we can answer. First, the fact is Abraham, Jacob, David, Solomon, and probably Moses all practiced polygamy. Why did God allow it to happen? 
I don't know, but we're talking about major figures of Christianity here. At the very least, it shows a precedent that God has permitted past prophets to practice it. Often, Most of it was on their own. It was never something God commanded them to do. Um, all of those who practiced it had serious problems that came from it. I mean, we have literally the, the ongoing war between... Uh, Isaac and Ishmael um, in the Middle East that is a result of Abraham not obeying God and doing things on his own. Um, we have, we see, you know, just horrible issues. We, we see um, Israel with um, the, the four wives and the, the issues that that caused and the competition between the women and Solomon with his concubines and wives and and just the horrendous uh, abomination that that was. Um, so nowhere, anywhere, one, does God command it? Two, is it a good thing in Scripture? Nowhere in any of those people that he just mentioned is polygamy considered something that God wanted them to do. Now, did God allow that allow it to continue on? It was allowed, but there's a, a huge difference between God commanding it, which supposedly he did in Joseph Smith's case, and allowing the result of the sinful actions of those prophets in those situations. Big difference. Again, God did not command it. He did not institute it. And thus it was sin on the part of those men. Sometimes Christian critics are quick to condemn the historical Latter-day Saint practice of polygamy while entirely overlooking their own history of polygamy. Again, I'm not endorsing polygamy. And there is no Christian history of polygamy. As Christians, as followers of Christ... It's never been anything that has been mandated. Now, this is; these are the patriarchs. This is; these are the prophets. These are, um, you know, this goes back in what we consider. At but, you made a you make a comment like that. None of this was ever. And I can't say never happened. I'm sure there were Christians who, through the years, were polygamists, but there was never a history of it. If that makes sense. It's a gut-wrenching practice to our modern sensibilities, but history is history, and polygamy, if you're Christian, happens. But even to the sensibilities of those in Joseph Smith's time, polygamy was an unsettling practice. One early saint, Mercy Rachel Fielding, said, This subject, when first communicated to me, tried me to the very core, all my former traditions, and every natural feeling of my heart rose in opposition to this principle. Mary Hales said the brethren and sisters were so averse to polygamy that it could hardly be mentioned. And it was hard for men, too. When Brigham Young first learned about it, he said, it was the first time in my life that I had desired the grave, and I could hardly get over it for a long time. And when I saw a funeral, I felt to envy the corpse its situation and to regret that I was not in the coffin. The quotes go on and on. Even Joseph Smith, who was commanded by an angel to institute the practice, was reluctant. The angel apparently had to visit him three times, the last time with a drawn sword threatening his life before Joseph complied. 
And even then, it seemed Joseph tried to avoid fully practicing polygamy. One of the ways he seems to have done this was to marry women who each already had a husband. In Latter-day Saint theology, we believe a couple is sealed together for time and eternity. As the early church worked to understand this sealing power, Joseph had women sealed to him for time and slash or eternity. A few sealings were for time or this life only, some were for eternity only, marriages that would take effect after this life, and some were for time and eternity. Every woman he married that was already married was an eternity only marriage. They still each lived with their husband and there is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that Joseph was intimately involved with any of them. If Joseph was just a sex-crazed maniac, I see little point in any of these distant, eternity-only marriages. It seems more like a way for him to sort of fulfill God's command while providing some emotional relief to his first wife, Emma. One motive behind many of Joseph's... Okay, so now here I have a question that makes no sense. If, if the uh, pl plural marriage, which I can't remember, there, there's a word that was termed for it um and uh, it, it escapes me but if uh if eternal if plural marriage was something according to the dnc 132 that was required for exaltation that was a requirement i mean if you read through it it was a requirement for exaltation why would joseph smith take these wives away from these men who only had one and take them as his own eternal eternal wives whether it was for this time or not, and leave those men with nothing in eternity. Isn't, isn't families being forever sealed forever part of Mormon doctrine? Why, why? See, this stuff it irritates me because you, you're, you're, you've, you're causing a disconnect. You are causing these men who should have been sealed to their wives. Instead, their wives are being sealed to Joseph Smith, and they have nothing in eternity. They have no wife, and so thus they can't receive exaltation. They can't have families together forever because apparently their families get to go be with Joseph forever and sail to Joseph forever and not to them. So you've got this huge contradiction in Mormon doctrine. What is it, David? Tell me. Is it families together forever? Or are these men going to be with their wives or are they with the Joseph for eternity? You have a serious problem here. You're trying to defend the indefensible. And it's 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 sickening is what it is. Probably the idea of creating one giant interconnected family of saints. This seems to be one of the reasons why one man, Heber C. Kimball, wanted his fourteen year old daughter Helen married to Joseph, which she was only about thirteen months before Joseph was killed. Heber had a great desire to be connected with the prophet Joseph. Of course, the idea of a 14-year-old bride is understandably shocking to us in the 21st century. I feel shocked. It was less shocking in the 1800s, still unusual, but not nearly as unusual as something like, you know, polygamy. Researchers frankly don't know if their marriage was ever consummated, though evidence suggests that it probably was not. Never argue with the data. She continued to live at home with her parents. Author Brian Hales says that Helen wrote more about plural marriage than any other female author in the 19th century, defending it and Joseph Smith. Through those pages, Helen never describes even one time being alone with the prophet without a chaperone. Now looking from the outside in, it's easy to brush the whole polygamy topic off and say Joseph just wanted to sleep around, end of story. But if we actually look at the history, 
the evidence really disagrees with that assumption. Joseph went to great lengths to make sure that the practice was not driven by lust. For example, John C. Bennett was the mayor of Nauvoo and a member of the church. Soon it came to Joseph's attention that Bennett was deceiving and seducing women in the city. If Joseph was after the same thing as Bennett, he could have made the perfect accomplice. Instead, Joseph excommunicated him. One author wrote, contrary to the popular 19th century notions about polygamy, the Mormon harem dominated by lascivious males with hyperactive libidos did not exist. The image of unlimited lust was largely the creation of travelers to Salt Lake City more interested in titillating audiences back home than in accurately portraying plural marriage. Newspaper representatives and public figures visited the city in droves seeking headlines for their eastern audiences. Mormon plural marriage proved to be a rather drab lifestyle compared to the imaginative tales of polygamy dripping with sensationalism demanded by a scandal-hungry eastern media market. In a podcast with Dr. Valerie Hudson I was listening to, she made an interesting observation. She said, one of Joseph Smith's brothers appeared eager to practice polygamy, and so his brother Joseph forbade him from practicing polygamy, which I thought was really interesting. So those men who were not pure-hearted enough to see it as a test, but rather as a perk, were not allowed to practice it. Maybe it's a perk! No, it's destiny! And again, the quotes continue. The idea that Joseph was driven by lust is simply... I love the way that one here here's here's my big issue with with some of these they they throw in these little frivolous little clips to make it seem oh it's so funny it's so funny it's nothing it's a nothing burger this is a huge issue and you're using little frivolous clips of shrek and so on to to lighten the the subject matter this these are all de deception tactics is what they're doing. It's all deception. It's sleight of hand. They're they're trying to give you an illusion. So don't be fooled by it. One, and then two. I love the fact that they'll they'll put up these little quotes, but never give you time to read it. Now, granted, we can go and we can pause the video and we can read these quotes, and I have no doubt. I mean, I was I was skeptical about some of the quotes that he shared earlier, and so I had looked them up and everything else to see, you know, if this. I I really thought the the quote by Brigham Young was going to be something about something else, but no, it was about apparently about him learning about plural marriage. But that all that aside, don't be misled by the little. You know the dodgeball stuff and 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 Shrek clips to try to make this a lighthearted thing. This is a serious, serious issue. It's a serious issue, and it. I mean, it's part of what led to Joseph Smith destroying the printing press of the newspaper that was writing a story about him with one of his fourteen-year-old brides. And led to his murder in Carthage jail. So, and and polygamy was a, a core portion of that. And there's a lot of stuff about polygamy that he doesn't even get into in here. Like the, the, the su supposed verses that were threatening Emma, that God is threatening Emma with damnation if she doesn't allow Joseph Smith to engage in this now if it wasn't about the sex why would emma have a problem with joseph smith engaging in eternal marriages down the road 
why would she need to be threatened by God in order to mandate it? And we're going to get to another thing here in a minute. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to stop and let him go on and dig his hole deeper. Contradictory to what the historical record shows. But we still haven't answered the age-old question, why polygamy? Doctrine and Covenants 132, the official revelation on polygamy, gives us a few reasons. For example, it was part of the restitution or restoration of all things. I don't totally understand this one. It provided some women the opportunity to have a temple marriage when they otherwise might not have been. Okay, so here we have these situations of to restore all things. It, it essentially was Joseph Smith thinking that uh, Abraham and, and the other men that he mentioned earlier who were polygamous, David and Solomon and, and so on, were a mandated thing by God and not a sinful act against God. And so seeing that and going, oh, well, they had it. Now we're going to restore it. That's exactly what Joseph thought he was doing. And not understanding that this was something that God always considered sinful. Polygamy is not polygamy. Polygamy is adultery. Is what it is. And able to. This makes a little sense to me. Also. Okay, why would it be... Because it, it, as I've read about some of the wives that Joseph took, he took wives from other active LDS men. So those women could have had eternal marriages with those men, and Joseph Smith robbed those men, I just talked about it a minute ago, robbed those men of their opportunity for exaltation, according to Mormon theology, by taking their wives and not allowing, he essentially, if it were to, to give women who weren't able to have eternal marriages, that was actually stealing the opportunity for some men to have eternal marriages. So it was to multiply and replenish the earth. This one makes a little more sense to me than the other. The Book of Mormon. You just said it wasn't about sex, though. How do they multiply and replenish the earth if they're not engaging in sexual intercourse? So if this is the one thing that actually makes sense to you, David, then polygamy had to be about sex. You just totally contradicted yourself. You try to play it off. Oh, no, it wasn't about sex. It wasn't about sex. It's about sex. Because if they're going to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth, they got to have sex. Right? Strangely, there are zero recorded children from any of Joseph's polygamous relationships. So how is it about replenishing the earth? I suspect Emma may have had something to do with that. She understandably struggled immensely with polygamy. But other families definitely had a ton of kids. And was threatened. And evidence of that because my great-great-great-grandfather was one of those polygamists, without whom I wouldn't be here. At the end of the day, Doctrine and Covenants 132... So it was about sex. You remember the story of Abraham and Isaac. God commands Abraham to sacrifice his son. Abraham wrestles with the commandment. Why would God command this? It's wrong. It doesn't make sense. It's contradictory. But he steps up. Luckily, his test ended before having to kill Isaac, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Another example of an Abrahamic test might be when Nephi is commanded to slay Laban. 
John Taylor, who was a polygamist, said polygamy was one of the greatest crosses that ever was taken up by any set of men since the world stood. Helen Mar Kimball, that 14-year-old we mentioned earlier, later wrote that according to Joseph, the practice of this principle would be the hardest trial the saints would ever have to test their faith. It was a test of faith, and it is a test of faith. But again, it'd be ignorant of me to pretend like these situations are exclusive to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They're not. On rare occasions, God has commanded people to do things that seem to be flat out wrong. I mean, if the Old Testament is correct, God commanded the Israelites to commit genocide for heaven's sake. Frankly, that makes voluntary polygamy look like small potatoes. There are just some things that religious people put on the proverbial shelf until they receive a few more pieces of the puzzle. We shouldn't ignore these issues or pretend they don't exist, but it's okay to not have all the answers. It's easy for us to look back at polygamy, point fingers, and say this was obviously a horrible thing. But if we acknowledge the experiences of those who lived through this period, we see a different picture. Multiple women eventually wrote books defending polygamy. Several women and men had intense spiritual experiences comforting them concerning the practice, including angelic visitations, visions, and dreams. More quotes that you don't get to read. Violet Kimball is amazing. Look that up. If those people who were initially repulsed by it were eventually able to obtain a testimony of it and even live it, then I can at least come to the conclusion that there are still things I don't understand about it and things I'm probably not meant to yet understand about it. So I'm willing to shelf it and wait for more information. If you want more information... Well, there you go. Just shelf it. it again, so here, here's what the, 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 the bottom line of why they even discuss this stuff is it's controversial. It is one of the things that when it's looked at critically... It leads people to walk away from the LDS church. And so now we've got these people who are representing um, the church and who I'm assuming, David, I've never heard him say I'm not an official representative of the LDS church. So he's representing what is truly taught in the church and so on as he's done these faith and beliefs videos. Um, And they're... They're trying to convince people who might be questioning because of these things that, ah, it's nothing. So they use little funny little clips in there, and then they just kind of gloss over it. And they, they, they again, they're doing the sleight of hand illusion. I got I have one of a good friend of mine, Kyle Groves and his dad, uh, both brilliant magicians, um, and, and fantastic with the sleight of hand. And they create the illusion and they're making, here's the illusion, polygamy is not a really big deal. Let, let's show you, it's, we're going to compare it to some apples to oranges and make it seem like it's not a really a big thing. And then they're going to expect you, um, they're going to count on, hopefully, that you will not be diligent enough to actually look into these things for yourself. And you'll accept their their trite little explanations of it. And continue on to be good little Mormons. Don't buy it. Look into it. If you're an LDS person and you happen to be watching this or listening to this and you're questioning, keep questioning. Keep looking because you'll, you'll get to the truth. If you're truly seeking after the truth, it's because God is drawing you towards the truth. That's what I have to believe. And I have to hope and I have to pray that that is what it is. That God is pulling you towards the truth. Keep questioning. 
keep looking into this because you'll find the the horrors that are behind it uh, beyond just polygamy i mean polygamy is a is a small thing in the long line of of false teachings that that the lds church presents besides the fact that it has a a false god a false christ and a false gospel none of which can offer the salvation that is necessary to be reconciled to god those who who go to the grave believing in the the god of mormonism the christ of mormonism and the gospel of mormonism will close their eyes on this plane and open their eyes being faced and, and being cast into the lake of fire. They will hear, They, I, I firmly believe that many, many Mormons will be among those that say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things in your name? And he'll say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Because you're seeking after a false Christ. You're You're looking towards a created being and not the creator of all things. Jesus Christ, God incarnate, who went to the cross to bear upon himself the penalty for your sin, that if you will repent and put your trust in him, not the God, not the Christ of Mormonism, not Lucifer's brother, but the God of all creation, who is eternal, without beginning, without end, the, the Christ, God incarnate, God in the flesh, who bore upon himself your sins, if you will look to him, turn away from the, the God of Mormonism and turn to Christ, and then you will be saved. Then you will truly be reconciled. But until then, any anyone who, who continues to be deceived by the, by the LDS lies will find themselves in hell. And that, it, it gives me no pleasure to say that. I don't say that because I hate you. I say all these things because I love you. And I want you to be saved. I want to draw you out of what is deceiving you. And, and lead you into truth. In Christ. Outside of the lies of polygamy and, and Joseph Smith and Mormonism. So if that's you, if, if you are a questioning LDS person, please keep questioning. Please keep looking. Go back through some of my archives or some of Apologia Church's archives or James White or any of Aaron Shafawalov, any of the, the, the men who have taken so much time to plead with you to come to the truth, to present to you the, the true Christ and the true gospel. Look into those things. Keep looking. And I'll keep praying that the Lord will keep drawing and that one day soon you'll, you'll come out. Come out from among these false people. There are people in my family who I hope will watch this, who I love dearly, that I hope will, will hear these words and will come out and renounce the entire false religion. Christian, if you're watching this, as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.